Today on Sports Card Investor, it's modern baseball card collecting and investing 101. We're giving you all the basics you need to know to be a successful baseball card investor. Hello, Sports Card Investors, and welcome back to Sports Card University. Today, it's Modern Baseball Card Investing and Collecting 101. Everything you need to know to get going in the world of baseball card investing. And if you're excited about this content today, right now, hit that like button. And if you haven't yet, hit that subscribe button and that little bell icon. We really appreciate it. Now, as we go through today's episode, you're going to want to have with you the Sports Card Investor app. It is a free app in the App Store. Go into the App Store on your phone right now and download the Sports Card Investor app because that app will help you see all of the trending cards across baseball and you can understand what those cards are worth. You can even shop for them on eBay. So download that Sports Card Investor app right now in the App Store. All right, let's get going. Modern baseball card investing and collecting. This is important because baseball is typically the most associated sport with sports card collecting and investing. Through the years, baseball has been the sport that has been synonymous with the sports card hobby. Now, in recent years, basketball has actually become more popular. Basketball cards have become more popular than baseball cards. But that's really a recent phenomenon. As you look across history, baseball cards is what dominated the hobby. And for me personally, when I was collecting as a kid, which I did for many, many years in the 80s and the early 90s, my whole collection is baseball cards. I still have tons of them today. You may have a very similar story. Now, one thing to know about collecting or investing in baseball cards is because lots of people like me, we're collecting back in the 80s and the early 90s. Cards, unfortunately, became very overprinted during that era. The card manufacturers were printing millions of cards of every single player, which led to extreme overprinting. And this is now known as the junk wax era. What this means is that most of the cards from the late 80s and the early 90s are relatively worthless. Most of them, not all of them, there are a few exceptions here and there, but a lot of the cards from that era don't carry a lot of value because of how many were printed. As a result of that, there are actually a lot of Hall of Famers whose cards during that era don't carry much value. So you can't just assume that because you have a card of a very important baseball player that that card is worth a lot of money. Now, Recently, like in the last couple of years, we've seen print runs for baseball cards go back up again. They have not yet risen back to the levels of the junk wax era, but the print runs are going up. So we have to be a little bit careful when we're collecting cards of players from the last few years, because especially the base cards, the more common cards of those players are being printed pretty heavily as well. So you have to employ some different strategies if you're going to be collecting players from recent years, such as looking for more rare parallels, refractors of their cards, serial numbered versions of their cards, or variations of their cards, short print, super short print photos, that type of thing, autograph cards, etc., that give a particular card some uniqueness and is going to help it carry more value into the future. We'll talk more about that here as we go. 
Now, according to the data in Market Movers, which is our app and software program which tracks the entire sports card market, over the last year, 10 of the top 25 most sold cards in the sports card hobby were baseball cards. The other 15, by the way, basketball. So you can see that basketball is a little bit more popular than baseball, but baseball still absolutely holds its own. And there are a lot of baseball cards that are bought and sold online every day. Now, of course, many people, when they think of baseball, they think of the vintage cards, cards that were manufactured prior to 1980. All-time great players. You may think all the way back to Honus Wagner and his cards, which are just absolutely fabled in the hobby. Or you may think of Mickey Mantle's rookie card from 1952 Tops or 1951 Bowman, which are huge holy grail type cards in the hobby. You might also think of cards of players like Babe Ruth or Hank Aaron or Jackie Robinson. All of their cards tend to have a lot of value because they're old, they're scarce, and they're especially hard to find in a good grade. If you're gonna be buying cards from that era, from the vintage era of pre-1980, you absolutely want to look for graded cards to ensure that you are buying cards that are authentic. And the grade makes a huge difference in the price of those cards. In some cases, like with the Mickey Mantle rookie or with the Hannes Wagner, even a low grade is still gonna command a lot of money because simply having that card in authentic graded condition of any grade is something very, very special for baseball card fans to be able to hold. Uh, now, according to eBay, baseball cards saw a 73% increase in sales in 2020. The baseball card market actually heated up even more in 2021. What's interesting is that in 2020, basketball cards were what was really hot and basketball cards saw more than a 300% increase in sales volume compared to baseball cards, 73% increase in sales volume. But in 2021, baseball cards started to heat up a little bit more as basketball cards fell backwards. Overall, baseball continues to be very popular with a lot of great sales throughout the hobby. Many different companies have made baseball cards over the years. Obviously, Topps is the one that you have heard about the most because they're the go-to for many collectors. They've had a long history of making baseball cards and they've made officially licensed products throughout the course of their history. We'll talk about that in a minute. But there have been other eras where other baseball card manufacturers have had a big impact as well. In fact, you probably remember Upper Deck and maybe the iconic Upper Deck Ken Griffey Jr. rookie card from 1989. Upper Deck was a very important manufacturer of cards in the 80s and 90s. And today, Panini makes cards as well. In fact, they use their Donruss brand, which they now own, which was a big manufacturer of cards as well. Back in the 80s and the 90s, Panini now owns the Donruss brand and they continue to use it to this day. However, Panini doesn't have the official MLB license right now. So when they're manufacturing those Donruss cards, they're unlicensed cards, therefore not as desirable to collect and invest in today as they were originally back in the 80s and 90s when Donruss had the official license, along with other companies like FLIR, which you probably remember as well. Now, Topps also produces Bowman. Bowman is very, very important right now in the baseball card world because the Bowman products are the ones that contain the first prospect cards. They're the ones that have the up and coming prospects. So 
If you like chasing the minor league players who you think are going to go on to have a really great major league career in the future, you'll find those first minor league cards, those first prospect cards in Bowman. Whereas the tops cards are for players who are currently playing in the majors. So you'll find players rookie cards, their desirable rookie cards are in tops products. But both tops and Bowman have had a long, long history in the sports card world. And now that tops owns Bowman, they both are, are one and of the same and they create great sets every single year. Let's dive now a little more into these manufacturers and tell you which manufacturers and which sets you would wanna look at from an investment standpoint. So when talking about baseball card manufacturers, Tops is the one you wanna pay attention to right now as a baseball card investor or collector because as I mentioned, Tops is the one that is producing the licensed cards. And what licensed means is that Tops has the rights to put Major League Baseball team logos on the cards. So when you're looking at Topps baseball cards, any of Topps different products, whether they're under the Topps brand name or the Bowman brand name or any of Topps other types of products, you'll see that the actual logos of the teams appear on those cards. That means that those cards are officially licensed. And that is important as a investor because those officially licensed cards are the ones that tend to hold the most value over time. So you're gonna to wanna to look first and foremost to Topps line of products. Now, it is worth mentioning that Fanatics acquired Tops. So now Fanatics owns the exclusive rights to Tops and all of Tops products. And Fanatics is absorbing Tops into their company. It, from what we understand, Fanatics is going to continue to keep the Tops brand name. So even as Fanatics now runs Tops, we don't think. You're gonna see a lot of change to the different brand names. However, who knows what the future may hold. So it's worth keeping an eye on what Fanatics does with that Topps brand going forward. But at the moment, Topps is definitely the company that is producing the most desirable ultra-modern sets of baseball cards. Let's talk about Upper Deck. Upper Deck had a huge part in the history of baseball cards. They were incredibly popular in the 1980s and 1990s. And back then, they were considered to be a new, more premium product compared to Topps when they first came out. And it was really that 1989 uh, Ken Griffey Jr. rookie that debuted in Upper Deck that became a massive, massive chase card during the peak of the junk wax era. And I can tell you, I personally remember going down uh, every day I got my allowance from my mom, I would bike ride down to the local 7-Eleven where I would buy packs of Upper Deck and rip them open, hoping to find one of those elusive Ken Griffey Jr. rookie cards. Upper Deck was the chase, and that Ken Griffey Jr. was the card you wanted. Unfortunately, just like all of the manufacturers back in the late 80s and early 90s, Upper Deck overprinted. They printed way too many of those Ken Griffey Jr. cards as well as way too many cards overall. Therefore, a lot of those cards today have very little value. Now, there is an exception. That Ken Griffey Jr. card in particular in a very high grade, such as a PSA 10, a perfect gem mint grade from PSA, that's still worth a couple thousand bucks because while there were tons of those cards printed, there actually weren't very many that were printed in perfect condition and then preserved in perfect condition. So if you have a Gen Mint 10, that's a really nice card to own. And some of the other graded cards still have some value from that era as well. 
Now today, Panini makes cards as well. I mentioned to you that they still own that Donruss brand. So you see, you see sets like Donruss Optic. You also see Panini make baseball cards using their Prism brand and their Select brand. These are brands that are really popular in the world of football and basketball where Panini currently has the exclusive licenses. And they try to translate those sets over to baseball. They're not as popular in baseball because they don't have the team logo. So you'll notice when you look at those cards that the players, if they have the name of the team or the logo of their team on their jersey, it's airbrushed out. And also there's no official team name or logo that appears anywhere else on the card either. This is true with all of Panini sets. Even higher end sets, Panini will make really, really beautiful cards like Immaculate um, and National Treasures for baseball. Very, very high end products, but they're not officially licensed. So again, you're not going to see those team logos on those products. These can sometimes be a great thing to collect. If you are just collecting the cards of your favorite player, it can be really, really nice to collect Panini sets because they're going to be less expensive. You're not paying for that official licensing and the cards themselves look really, really good. So for a collector, some of those Panini sets can have a lot of value. But for an investor, you want to go with those officially licensed top products. So speaking of tops, let's dive into all of the sets tops makes and the ones that you want to pay most attention to for your card investment. So when we're talking Topps baseball cards, we're gonna start with the flagship. The flagship means cards that are made under that Topps name, the most basic cards that Topps puts out every year, cards that are similar to the cards that Topps has been putting out for years and years and years. What Topps does right now is they typically release three different series of their flagship top baseball cards every single year. Top Series 1, Top Series 2, and then Tops Update are the three that they put out over the course of the year. Top Series 1 is typically released each year before the baseball season starts, right before you're getting into spring training. Top Series 2 is released during the season, and then Tops Update is released around the end of the season. Each of these sets has different checklists. What that means is that there are different cards in Top Series 1 then there are Top Series 2, and different cards in Top Series 2 than there are Tops Update. And if you're going after a particular rookie, you need to pay attention to the checklists because not every rookie is in each one of these Tops releases throughout the course of the year. For example, back in 2018, Juan Soto, who obviously was a huge rookie that everybody was pursuing, he only appeared in Tops Update. You could not find Juan Soto cards in Top Series 1 or Top Series now, one of the cool things that Tops does with these products is they create what are called short print or SP, as well as super short print or SSP image variations. And th what this means is that of particular cards, there's going to be the most common card of the player, which is with a, with a certain type of photo on it. But then there's going to be a limited release of that same card with a different photo and an even more limited release of that same card with a third photo. That's gonna be your short print and your super short print photos. And because those cards come out in limited releases, there's much less of the photo variation cards than there are the original card. As you might guess, that makes them much more valuable. 
Now you can distinguish those on last year's Topps products by looking at the last three serial numbers on the back of the card. There were some differences there. If you want more help determining if you have a short print or super short print photo versus a normal photo, you can Google. There's guides out there that will help you understand what the difference is between the different image variations on each Topps product. Now, right along with the flagship Topps product is Topps Chrome. So Topps Chrome is a chromium upgrade to the original Topps flagship product. What this means is that the cards are very similar. However, the Topps Chrome cards are shiny. They are thicker cardboard and they're shiny. They have that nice chrome shiny finish to them. As a result, the Topps Chrome products often carry a premium on the secondary market over the Topps paper products. There are different parallels in the Topps Chrome products as well. The Topps paper products tend to have less parallels. There are the Topps gold cards that come in the Topps paper products that are typically numbered to whatever the current year is and those have value. But in Topps Chrome, you get refractors and you get different variations, different color variations of those refractors that can contain a lot of value. So whether you have a gold or a red or a purple or one of the other color variations on Topps Chrome, those are typically very valuable chase cards, particularly for rookies. And then of course you can get autographs as well and autographs in these different variations, also extremely valuable. Now sticking along the lines of Topps and Topps Chrome, there's also Topps Sapphire. Topps Sapphire is one of Topps' more high-end products. It combines Topps Series 1 and Topps Series 2 into a very long checklist. That means there are tons of cards in Topps Sapphire, and that means that it's really difficult to open up, to hit key rookies when you're opening up a box of Top Sapphire because there's so many different cards in that checklist that finding that one rookie card that you really want to get, it's quite a challenge. But this, of course, also means that the Top Sapphire cards are going to be more valuable if you're able to pull that one key rookie because it's much harder to get. Now, the base card in Top Sapphire, many collectors and investors go for because it's so hard to hit. So Top Sapphire can actually make a great alternative investment if you want to invest into the base rookie card of a player. But if you're worried about the very high population counts of those rookie cards in the base variation in Top Series 1, Top Series 2, because those cards are printed quite a bit. So you could go for the Top Sapphire card of the same players. And typically that's going to be a lower population, more rare, more sought after card. So that can be a good way to go from an investment standpoint. Now Topps makes a lot of other sets as well. Another one is Topps Diamond Icons. This is kind of similar to a set like National Treasures or Flawless uh, in basketball or football, which Panini makes. It's a very high-end set. Uh, there's also other sets of that nature as well. Topps Transcendent, for example, which is just the absolute pinnacle highest end set the Tops makes, incredibly expensive, something that you probably would only ever want to maybe buy into during a break. Trying to buy a box of that is almost impossible, especially since there are often less than 100 boxes of that made in existence every year. But Tops Transcendent can be a, a popular product to buy in for a break. 
There's Topps Dynasty, which is a premium set for autographs and memorabilia lovers. RPAs from Topps Dynasty can sell for a huge premium on the secondary market. There's also other sets like Topps Triple Threads as well, which can be really, really nice to collect. And then there's Bowman. Bowman, as I mentioned earlier, is also extremely important to baseball card collectors and investors because the Bowman sets are the key sets for prospects and trying to find that first prospect card of the next great player. So in Bowman, you're looking for the minor leaguers. You're looking for those prospects who you think are going to mature into great major leaguers down the line. And the very first Bowman card made of a player is designated with the number one and an ST, one ST in the corner, in the upper corner. That's their first prospect card. That indicates that that is their first card, their first card made in any type of Topps product. And so that is a key card to collect. Baseball is interesting because you have both rookie cards when the player makes it to the majors, as well as first prospect cards, which is their first cards in the minors. And for many baseball card investors, both are very desirable. Now within Bowman, you've got your regular Bowman baseball release. There's also another product called Bowman Draft. Bowman Draft is built around the Major League Baseball Draft. So all of the best players from the most recent draft appear in the Bowman Draft product. And then there's Bowman Chrome, similar to how you have Topps Chrome, you have Bowman Chrome, but the way you can get Bowman Chrome cards is a little bit different. They're distributed a little bit differently. In fact, they will even give you a pack of Chrome cards within Bowman Baseball, even though Bowman Baseball is a paper non-chrome product, you can get a pack of chrome cards in there. So a little bit of differences in terms of distribution, but the bottom line is you've got Bowman, you've got Bowman Draft, you've got Bowman Chrome. The chrome cards are often ones that people love, especially once again, as you get into the refractors and the autos. Uh, the first Bowman you know, refractor, especially a color variation with an auto of a prospect, those cards can be worth a ton of money, especially if that prospect goes on to have a great major league career. Much like Topps, there's also Bowman Sapphire. Bowman Sapphire is, once again, kind of a high-end product, a product where it's difficult to find the really great prospects in that product, but that makes it very, very desirable for investors and collectors. Now, within the world of Bowman, there are a few different products. There's Bowman Baseball. That's where you're gonna find a lot of the first prospects of international players. Bowman Baseball is a paper product, just like regular Topps. Except in every pack of Bowman Baseball, there's a couple of Bowman Chrome cards, just like Topps Chrome, but they mix those Bowman Chrome cards into the packs of regular Bowman Baseball. So when you open up a pack of Bowman Baseball, most of the players in that pack are gonna be on a paper card. You're gonna get a lot of those international prospects on those paper cards, but then you'll find a few Chrome cards as well. You're really hoping to get one of those top prospects first cards on that Bowman Chrome card stock because those Chrome cards can sometimes hold premium price. Now there's also Bowman Draft. Bowman Draft is another product. This product is built around all of the major leaguers who were drafted in the most recent draft. And then there's Bowman Chrome. So as I mentioned, you can get a couple of Chrome cards when you buy Bowman baseball products, but there are also boxes just of Bowman Chrome where you can get those nice Bowman Chrome cards. And of course, if you get a first prospect of a player in Bowman Chrome, those can be valuable if it's a good player, especially if you get a refractor and a color variation of a refractor. If you get an auto, 
on a color variation, now you're talking really, really big dollars if it's a hot prospect. Now, much like Topps, there is also Bowman Sapphire. Sapphire, like Top Sapphire, is a desirable set. There's a lot of cards in there, but if you can get a first prospect of a key card in Bowman Sapphire, that's gonna be a desirable one for collectors and investors. So now that you know about the different manufacturers and sets, let's talk about some of the key players that people are investing in. And let's start with some of the up and coming, rising young stars in baseball. We're gonna start with one of my hometown favorites here in Atlanta, Ronald Acuna Jr. Now you guys know Acuna is the Atlanta Brave star. He was a rookie back in 2018. So his, his rookie cards, ones that a lot of people like to chase, are gonna be from the 2018 Topps products. Acuna's cards have been hurt in value recently because of injuries, but he's still considered to be one of the game's brightest young stars. And of course, he's on a very good Atlanta Braves team. So it'll be exciting to see what his cards can do in the future. There's also Fernando Tatis Jr. Tatis is the Padres star player. His rookie cards came from the Topps products in 2019. Now he was hot for a while, but in 2021, he had an injury which softened his card values some. Still, he's considered a top pick for investors who like to buy the rookie cards of younger players in hopes that they're gonna go on and have a great career. Juan Soto is another one of those players. He is from the 2018 Topps products as well. His rookie cards are in those products. You guys know he's a star for the Washington Nationals, already has a World Series ring, and looks to have a very, very bright career ahead of him. Another player with a very bright career ahead of him, maybe Vlad Guerrero Jr. He's the son of a Hall of Famer. He was a rookie in 2019, so he's part of those 2019 Topps products, already considered one of the best hitters in baseball. And then there's Shohei Otani. He's been arguably the most popular player in the entire sports card hobby. Over the last year, his cards are, have been hot for months, and even in 2021, when the prices of most ultra-modern baseball cards, all of the players that I just mentioned, their card values decreased in 2021 as the overall sports card market was going through a price correction, but not Shohei Otani. Shohei Otani's cards went up and up and up some more. Most of them doubled or tripled during the year 2021 in price, even as much of the baseball card market was softening. So he is absolutely somebody who people still clamor after and it will be very interesting to see what he's able to do as a two-way player in the future and what his cards are able to do as well. Now, of course, baseball card collecting and investing is not just about the young stars, it's also about the veterans as well. Of course, Albert Pujols, one guy to absolutely look at. He's at the end of his career, but he had an absolutely illustrious career. His rookie cards were from all the way back in 2001. And for his rookie cards, you're looking at sets like Bowman, Topps Chrome, and even Upper Deck, which was manufacturing his rookie cards in 2001. Investing in any current player, though, is somewhat speculative. You're making that investment based upon the notion that they're going to go on and continue to have a great career and that they won't suffer injuries. Hopefully, they're going to win some more World Series titles and everything of that nature. A lot of people feel it's a better investment to invest in the all-time greats, to invest in the retired players, the Hall of Famers, because their careers are already proven. And if you look at data across the sports card hobby in 2021, we saw that a lot of the ultra-modern players, the young rookies, or even players currently playing the game today, 
a lot of their card values went down in 2021, while more often than not, vintage baseball cards went up in value in 2021. So many people think that is a sign of things to come and vintage cards are your better investment over time. If you're interested in learning more about the pros and cons of investing in vintage cards versus modern and ultra modern cards, there's a video on our YouTube channel from this past week, which dives into that in a lot of detail. And if you are thinking about going for some of those Hall of Famers, one place you might want to start is Derek Jeter. He's considered one of baseball's all-time greats, of course. His key rookies were from Topps in 1993 and also his SP Foil rookie from 1993. That one is particularly key because those Foil cards from the set SP in 1993, they were really, really hard to grade in good condition because many of them were printed with some form of print defect in the foil. So getting a 1993 Derek Jeter SP foil rookie in a very high condition, that is a scarce card and one that has a lot of value. Of course, there's Ken Griffey Jr. I've mentioned him a few times already. One of baseball's most beloved players. His, his key rookies are from 1989. But as I mentioned, that was the overprinting era. So you really have to get one of his key rookies, in particular that upper deck rookie, in a very, very high grade for that to retain a lot of value. Uh, also from that era, Randy Johnson is another player who was an absolutely dominant pitcher, but his cards aren't worth a ton because of the junk wax era. His rookie card too can be found in that same 1989 upper deck set as Ken Griffey Jr. You've also got Barry Bonds. Barry Bonds has several key rookies from Topps Traded and Fleer Update back in 1986. Now his card market has been hurt because of the steroid controversy, which has plagued him for several years. Also, his cards were still printed during that junk wax era. So you may want to go and look a little further back in time if you're trying to get cards that were a little bit lower population, more rare, potentially more stable long-term investments. You can go all the way back to the tobacco cards that were printed the pre-war era cards, like the 1909 T206 cards. That set, by the way, features the 1909 T206 Hannes Wagner card. Those cards are often very sought after for collectors and investors who like to invest in the very, very old pre-war cards. There's also the 1914 Cracker Jack Ty Cobb card from that same era. The 1914 Baltimore News Babe Ruth card. Uh, more recently, you've got the 1948 Leaf Jackie Robinson card, extremely popular amongst vintage card collectors and investors. Of course, the iconic 1952 Topps Mickey Mantle rookie card, as well as his 1951 Bowman card, which appeared the year prior. And then the 1954 Topps Hank Aaron rookie card. Those are just a few of the many vintage era cards that collectors and investors love to go for. Now, if you're going to go for any of those older cards or really any cards in general, here at Sports Card Investor, we generally recommend that you buy cards graded. This is important because first of all, it authenticates the card to make sure that it's real. Second of all, it gives you an understanding of the condition of the card. And the condition of cards is really paramount to the value of their card. Also, by buying a graded card, you can more easily understand the price history of that card. And I mentioned earlier in the show, the Sports Card Investor app. This is an excellent tool to help you understand the value of any baseball card that you might be buying or investing in. 
and you get better trend lines. You can more clearly understand the value over time if you're looking at the value of a graded card and if you're gonna be buying a graded card and you're comparing that all in the same grade. And the reason for this is because raw cards fluctuate in value tremendously based upon the condition of the card. But graded cards have more of a consistent value because they've been graded as a certain grade. So you can look at what the value of that particular grade has been over time and compare it to what you might wanna pay now for that same particular card and that same particular grade. Now, if you're interested in learning more about grading, we've done several videos on this channel that explore card grading in a lot of detail. Just look for that Sports Card University playlist on our channel and you'll see lots of videos which explain about card grading. Now, one note of warning that I wanna give you on all of this, that is that you should be careful around overprinting and in recent years, we've seen print counts go up a lot again. So while I have just mentioned some key modern players who people are investing in like Ronald Acuna Jr. and Juan Soto, there are also a ton of their cards that have been printed. And we are now seeing a ton of their cards graded as well. They have what are considered to be really, really high PSA 10 population counts. There are well over 10,000 of their cards, in some cases, uh, you know, multiples of that that have been graded in PSA 10 condition or in other PSA graded conditions or even graded by the other major grading companies like BGS or SGC. That means that there are a lot of their cards out on the market. And the sports card hobby depends on supply and demand. The basic economic principle of supply and demand governs the prices of sports cards. When there's a lot of demand for a particular player, for example, if Ronald Acuna Jr. goes on and has a great season next year, there may be a lot of demand for his cards. However, how much supply there is of his cards is gonna dictate if his prices are ultimately gonna go up and by how much. And with some of these players like Acuna and Soto from recent years, there's a lot of supply of their cards on the market. So it takes a ton of demand to really push the value of their cards up. If you go back in time before the last few years, but after the junk wax era of the 80s and the 90s, then there's a lot of those cards were printed in less frequent, frequently. So there's less supply in the market and therefore demand can cause prices to go up more rapidly. Likewise, if you go into the eras prior to 1980, if you go back to the vintage era, once again, much less supply of cards from that era. So a little bit of an increase in demand can cause prices to escalate more quickly. So pay attention to population counts, pay attention to supply and demand when you are buying and selling sports cards. All right, guys, I hope you appreciated this overview of baseball card collecting and investing. If you are a baseball card collector and investor, I'd love to hear from you in the comments. What else do you think it is important for people to know? What have you learned so far as you have been venturing into baseball card collecting and investing? Tell us in the comments below. Share your knowledge with everybody else watching this video. And hit that subscribe button if you haven't already. Hit that little bell icon and give us a like if you've already done those two things so that we can continue to bring you more videos like this and download that Sports Card Investor app. It's gonna be your best friend on your journey into modern baseball card collecting and investing. It is in the App Store and it is free. Just go into the App Store on your phone, Android or Apple and search for Sports Card Investor in the App Store. I hope you appreciated this episode. Stay tuned, our next one will be coming out in just a couple days. Take care everybody.